time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. And what I would like to say is if one person out there reads this and you're struggling, get help. That, of course, is Jim Tom Sula, 49ers head coach. Thanks for joining us once again on Gold Faithful. I'm Brian Peacock. Right next to me is Mr. Nick Winkler. Hello, hello. Preseason games coming up. I'm getting really excited. Ah, uh, me too, man. Give him a follow at Bay Area Wink. You can find me at BD Peacock. I'm trying to remain calm, <laughs> but we're about two days away from seeing Scarlet and Gold on the football field. Yeah. Obviously, preseason football, lucky to get a quarter out of the starters, but you know, Still, a, lot of the veterans, a lot of the veterans might not play at all. But we love the question marks. We love to see who's oh. going to be rotating in on the offensive line with the first team and who's going to be there on defense. And that is totally okay oh. with me. Woo. Yeah, I'm down with the whole 53-man. I'm down with the whole 90-man training camp squad. I want to see everybody out there in Houston on Saturday. Yeah, and practice this week's got that game week feel. You know, they're pumping in music into the practice facility to simulate game noise and offense put on their white jerseys since that's what they're going to be wearing against the Texans. I... I feel like it's it's we're coming up on Christmas or something, and oh man, it's only preseason. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see this in action finally after all the BS we've dealt yeah. with as 49er fans all offseason long. It's been rough. It's finally time for football, and I, hopefully I don't foresee any more, I don't know, <laughs> what else can happen, right? <laughs> what, what else can go it's wrong? It's almost like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Bring it on. Keep, what, oh, you keep kicking us? We're down? Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. We're used to it. Um, we're numb. Our quarterback didn't get punched in the face? No, apparently, yeah, he doesn't drive, a, what, a Cadillac <laughs> or Mercedes? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So a lot of weird stuff happening in the NFL. We're going to get to Cap's comments in just a second, but I want to go to New York. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith. Whoa. Geno Smith punched in the face. Right. Broken jaw. Ouch. Out eight to ten weeks, maybe, uh, by a fellow that I didn't know existed no. until yesterday. No, many IK Enic Polly. Enic Polly. Yeah. IK Enic Polly. What I love most about this story is the fact that Rex Ryan then picked him up yes. today. He was instantly waved. I after love this. it. Well, like, of course. As soon as you heard about the story, he's like, oh, he got punched by a teammate. You're like, oh, wow, who did he get punched by? He was like, oh, the guy who got cut. It, yeah. It, like, right then. Obviously. And But he's been claimed by, guess who? The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Head coach Rex Ryan, who was in New York last year, which begs the question, how many times did Rex want to take a swing at Gino? Right. Hey, During thanks a lot. During their 4-12 season last year. Here's a paycheck. Also, what are they doing over there. What's new since I left? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, what wrinkles is going on in the offense? Over right, there. exactly. What can um, we? What can we? Uh, what can we take care of? Interesting. AFC yeah. East. So to the 49ers, let's get to the 49ers news. Yeah, you know, two, two names keep popping up at practice, too. I don't know if you've been paying that close of attention to practice because I'm just constantly like, what's happening? What's happening? How many beat writers can I follow yeah. and, and ask questions Crappy to? Crappy Vine slow-mo videos, which get Which are the really, best. Except the, for it's like a guy who's caught a touchdown. is like, hey, so-and-so caught a touchdown. And you're like, okay, it was right. two-hand touch, and he was uncovered completely. <laughs> It was, it was Kaepernick during warm-ups, throwing yeah. touchdowns. No, uh, DeAndre, DeAndre White. Yes. Uh, yeah, his, name, his name's just constantly being talked about, and you love it. You love that this guy is, you know, making a name for himself. He's really – there's a lot of injuries, a lot of guys sitting out. You know, Torrey Smith's getting the occasional Veterans Day, and Bruce Ellington's is sitting down not wanting to hurt himself. But he's making the most of it, White, and you got to love that. Also, yes. another guy, Tank Carradine. I mean, this is just a name that that everyone seems to be mentioning. Every coach that's being interviewed is like, oh, man, Tank again today, you know, blew through the line, doing this, doing that. 
it just gets me pumped up. It's awesome seeing, especially because everything that's that good with it, that's happened with the 49ers on the field in the last four years mm-hmm. has it's it's kind of started up front with that D line, of course, and the fact that Justin Smith was sort of the spearhead of all of that, and that he's gone, and to, to have the great reports about what's going on with the defensive line and how deep they still are, and that's not even counting first round draft pick Eric Armstead, You're right? You know, who's also looked good. I've seen some clips, I mean, and he's, he's a guy that, that he can blow a person up on the offensive line. I've seen him push offensive linemen back in that um, that Florida State Oregon game, right? In the uh, semifinals of the BCS, he took a pretty good player and just drove him completely off the ball yeah. onto his ass into Jameis Winston. Basically, gotta love um, he's it. got that kind of power. So if if it's just how hard he comes every play is going to be, you know consistency with him but and he's the, what the sixth seventh guy on the depth That's chart right now exactly why it's line. so exciting yeah d, d line uh we're gonna get into linebackers today obviously yes. the, the big loss alden smith that w- was heartbreaking because we we literally we, recorded our show last week with matt barrows we he was doing this while we were recording the right, show pretty right much. he would he like he got arrested moments after we finished our show we didn't hear about it right then no. obviously but i was uploading the podcast oh. and i was like oh great thanks alden everything yeah. we talked about <laughs> is almost is irrelevant at this point thank you we could have asked matt barrows about this but yeah. no and it's it's a bummer because alden smith the only player oh. only four players ever had 40 sacks in three years. Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Dwight Freeney, and Alden Smith. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the best of Alden Smith was his first two years. You know? Right. 44 sacks uh, overall, 30 or th- yeah, 33 and a half of those came in his first two years. Yeah, fastest player ever yeah. to 30 sacks. But he's only played 18 games the last two years, just 10 and a half sacks. I mean, obviously he's been in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah and... and <sighs> you, the, the worst part about it was this is this is how I woke up the next morning. My wife's like, oh, did you hear about the 49er player that got arrested? I said, oh, baby, did, please tell me it wasn't Alden Smith. She's like, oh, did you know that? Already? I was like, oh, no. The innocence in those comments, too. Oh, right? I know. She doesn't yeah. realize no, that that was it. That she's twisting the dagger. And that that was it. I mean, it was obvious. I was like, oh, they're going to cut him. Like, that. he can't. He's going to be suspended for the entire year, and, the, and he's going to be gone. And that's pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah, that star has fallen quickly. Oh, it's it's sad. Um, yeah, it is. And now, as a free agent, I don't know. We'll see if he's he he can sign with a, a team tomorrow. Yeah, technically, right? Uh, but there's no way uh, he won't be suspended for and the entire Pauly year. Right? Broke his teammate's jaw and found work within 24 <laughs> hours. Greg Hardy is on a roster right now. Yeah, yeah. So Smith, to this point, uh, has mostly been self-destructive. It's got to be like, uh, you know, a, but but that's more of like it's it's never going to stop, right? I mean, these yeah. other guys, that's kind of first time things happening for those guys. This is constant, and you know that there's a suspension looming overhead with this guy, right? Too. Unless I mean, they, they obviously have to go through all the the, the stuff with it because yeah. if he gets cleared of it tomorrow, of course, I, I, I'm imagining teams are going to kind of be lining up because they can get him on the cheap, right? You get that kind of a talent on the cheap, and they're like, well, we didn't have to deal with all the other things before that. Let's bring him in, yeah, and say well, all our guys can fix him. And, yeah, exactly. He's one of those. He'll get ten chances if if you know if he keeps his ability up mm-hmm. because he's that good. And there was some serious weird BS about Cap and Alden. Yeah, that was. I had people at work trying to tell me about that. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I, the, I, that I girl it. used to work here at the company. Because we work for for uh, iHeartMedia, and do. she used yes. to work here. Apparently, she started as like a street team member, and then got her own show. And yeah, and they're like, "Oh, did you hear that stuff with so and so?" I'm like, "I don't know who that is." Really? I wasn't okay. here yet. Yeah, I didn't hear that part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, a lot of uh, my coworkers knew who she was, and they they were really just like, "Oh no, this happened. This happened." Not that they heard it from her, just that they like gossip, 
and that okay. they thought, and they and they believe everything they see on TMZ. Well, and do you want to hear what Cap had to say about it? Of course. Embarrassing to me for people that do report that and put that out there and jumped on that bag when bang uh, bandwagon. 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 Yeah. It's a tough one. Don't jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, I, I immediately said that to him, too. I was like, guys, come on. There, there's no way. I didn't know that Cap had a deal with Jaguar, and that well, there's no possible way that that was really his stupid, car. But obviously, yeah. It, it, and yeah, it's, it was ridiculous. And I fight with you all the time, right? Yeah, I mean. But it, not, we don't have broken jaws, no, and we haven't, like, vandalized I don't, I don't hurt your car. or I don't go get burritos wrong. with your wife. Like, right. this stuff doesn't happen. Mm. So speaking of Kaepernick, actually, there's an interesting story. It's kind of ongoing. I heard a little bit about it in the uh-huh. offseason, but I heard a little bit more about it yesterday. The company called Striver, S-T-R-I-V-R, mm-hmm. which is a virtual reality company out of Palo Alto. And the 49ers are one of the few teams that have used this, and it's it sounds insane. It sounds awesome, first of all, mm-hmm. using technology to benefit. So a lot of players, like maybe, especially for backup quarterbacks that don't get enough reps. Sure. Um this is the use of virtual reality, and you're not using animation. You're actually looking at game tape. What? But as from the first-person perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah right? of course. Um, Andrew Luck, obviously, he's from Stanford. He's got the benefit of being, you know, out of Palo Alto there, mm-hmm. and he's used it a little bit in the off season. He said it was pretty amazing technology, and, and the 49ers have incorporated a little bit of this okay. in. I don't know how you use it. And I've seen in in practice they have these little stands with with cameras in in there multiple spots, wow. like capturing video. Uh-huh. And so I don't know how that all works in together, but that's I mean that's it sounds all it's yeah. I mean next it's next next level technology. I heard something about Jameis Win- Jameis Winston. I think did some similar stuff did he? in okay. Tampa Bay. I I heard them say something about virtual well, reality. I imagine to, as soon as one team and, starts to use it, everyone's sure. gonna be like, "What is this thing that yeah, we're falling behind?" Let's try on? it. Right. Yeah. That's. I want to do that. But I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> I know. I want to see what it looks like I from sh- their vantage point. I want to strap the right? helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. Or the visor, whatever it is. I don't know, but that sounds cool. I really like. Hey, they got some good news this week too, uh, or just yesterday actually. Uh, some good injury news. Uh, center Daniel Kilgore, he's gone from crutches two weeks ago to a cane last week, and now he's got a walking boot. So he, it's all kind of going in the right direction. No, that's uh, good news. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, there's no setbacks yet. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Still unclear if he'll be ready for the regular season. It doesn't look like he's going to be ready to go week one. So No, I mean, we're four weeks away now. Yeah, uh, He'll probably need some practice time at least before, you know, once he is cleared to go. You know, we're talking offensive line here. Uh, Tom Sula in an interview uh, was saying that he is going to rotate that offensive line in there to work with the first team. So pretty much everyone is going to get a shot at running out there with cap and everything. That they're probably, like you said, probably just going to play the first quarter. And obviously if they have one long drive and it takes nine minutes and then they don't get the ball back, that's not going to happen. But right. in a perfect world, they're going to try to rotate everybody in there. That's good. It's just yeah. a straight-up competition. Best it man is. wins. I, I got no problems with that. And, right. you know, players like... Uh, Evan Mathis right. are still looming on the free agency market. Um, there's a possibility. Yeah, They've uh, got the cap room. That's right. for sure. And Barrows talked about this. He said it's more about it's not so much that the 49ers, will, are they interested? They're absolutely interested for the price, right? right. And it's, it's about him just being like, well, I don't have to make a decision now. Yeah. I'll you know get that early hitting in camp out of the way. I don't want to have to jump in yet. And then we'll see who pays me, and then I'll get into camp. So Yeah, maybe maybe some team has a huge injury, and then he can make a whole lot more money yes, there. Yes. Jeep right. Christ saying he, uh, he wants to have that starting O-line set by the last preseason game. So it sounds like it's going to be an open competition for the next three weeks or so. So that's, that's like you said, it's fun. We're, I'm going to watch every single snap of every single preseason game because that's oh, what I do. I am too. And I have 
the NFL pass, which I can watch the game tape of. It. Oh, maybe we'll great. sit down and take some notes to some game tape. I like that. Oh, watch it. We maybe can just have... rewind, rewind, play again, rewind. Right. You don't have to because you get to see it. This is amazing. So every play happens twice. So you get the ah. sideline view and you get the end zone view of every play. That's pretty And it's amazing. just boom, 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 back to back. I like the sound um, of that. You know, maybe we'll have, have our favorite cocktail or favorite yeah. beer and watch some game tape or both and really maybe we have a cocktail two-fist and it? then a beer two fist okay yeah, liquor before beer all that good stuff yeah yeah so um a couple other injury notes too i wanted to mention um kendall hunter still yet to take any carries and team drills that could have obviously changed there's a practice going on right now uh reggie bush has been very limited in practice throughout camp here uh since, since they've started back up with training camp although he did get some special teamwork with deandrew white who is really trying to make this club, which mm-hmm. you, you got to love. Um, Mario Hull also uh, returning some punts in practice. No Jared Hayne on the punt return uh, yesterday, but he did spend a lot of time on the coverage team. Coverage team. Okay. So that's also good. You know, he, he's definitely trying to, right. to make this team any way that he can. We were talking about the slow mo Vine videos earlier. There's a really great one of Jared Hayne. Uh, yes, scoring a touchdown. Goal line. He ran through like five guys line drill. That to was get into the end zone. Very rugby esque. That was very promising. That's, that's the guy they're hoping to get. We mentioned drinks a second ago. That should be one. That should be one of our big board top five. Like what, what we like to drink. What we like to drink during the game. Ooh. tailgate food, that kind of thing. Today we're going to talk about fantasy 49ers fantasy prospects. Yeah, let's talk about who is relevant on the 49ers. If you mm-hmm. have a fantasy league, we obviously both love fantasy sports, especially football. Um, we also have a great guest today as well. We have Danny Kelly of Field Goals. Maybe we could ask him about some Seahawks fantasy guys yes, as well. Yes, we're going to get to know our enemies a little bit today. We're, we're, the next few weeks we're going to look at the NFC West just to, you know, so we can kind of know what we're looking at, know we're going to see these Love guys it. twice a season and maybe even again in the playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully. Talk to Danny Kelly about the Seahawks, how they look, what happened there in the offseason, get caught up on our uh, top rival. It's really weird that the Seahawks became the biggest rival for the 49ers because when I was growing up, that did not exist at all. No, it was really just, I, I was a kind of a cowboy hater yeah. growing up. The Rams definitely much more than because yeah. they were in the NFC West. But see, I, I wasn't even that into division hating back then. I was just, Obviously, well, because we yeah, it was Cowboys and, and then and Packers. Packers, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and then I, it was nobody because we were so bad yeah. for so long. It was just... <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's it's Niners-Seahawks. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's odd, but it we're going to talk is. to Danny Kelly a little bit later. Linebackers. Yeah. Let's we, get into the linebackers, obviously, because Alden Smith is now gone. So that's a huge hole you have to fill on, right. the, on the right side. And it's... Uh, again, you got to go back to Balky and give him a little bit of props for the depth that this team has. So you've seen it with yeah. the D-line. We talked about that a little bit. We still have two and maybe more than two capable starting players to play outside linebacker, which is uh, – teams can't say that. No. You lose your best pass rusher, your best outside linebacker, and you have a pretty capable, promising starter to plug in. Um, yeah, guys. Obviously, Am- Ahmad Brooks is going to stay where he's, he's at. He's sort of the strong side outside linebacker on the left side there. Yeah, I um, mean, 10th season, you, you know what you have there in yeah. Ahmad Brooks. That, and he, his stock is so up. Because I know. I, it was so low. I thought he was going to get cut. Season. He's making a lot of money. <laughs> right. Some weird stuff happened at the end of last year. He was getting benched. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Lynch was sort of knocking on the door, but now it looks like Lynch and Eli Harold are going to get a shot on the right side. Um, and Lynch is still dealing with a hammy. And obviously, yeah. since he's got a hamstring, he hasn't been able to do conditioning. People are saying he's looking a little pudgy. Right. Maybe not quite uh, in game shape over there. So Yeah, Ryan Sakamoto of NinerFans.com reporting Niners want Lynch to lose 10 pounds. 
by week one that he's actually up about 12 pounds from his rookie playing weight last year. So it's probably due to some off-season injuries that he had. And, you know, you put on a little bit of weight when you can't get out there and run around. Can't run, yeah. I'd like to lose 10 pounds by week one as well. I would also. Ryan Sakamoto, by the way, i got to give him props for that was We got the sound from him, NinersFans.com. We got he's the sound it. for the Kaepernick uh, cut there. So You know, and you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned a couple guys. You mentioned uh, Aaron Lynch. You mentioned Eli Harold. We'll get to Harold. I got, I got a lot on him. I really like his upside. Uh, but also, Corey Lemonnier. I mean, he is definitely a guy that could start there on, on the right side as well. He's gotten a lot of first-team snaps in practice. I mean, he's in his second year with San Francisco, or in his third year. He's played two years already. Stats aren't great. Yeah, I, I, I expected more yeah, from him. I think I would, everyone did. I would almost put him behind, one sack. I'd put him behind the rookie Eli Harold probably just because he hasn't flashed what you would have hoped and he was a similar prospect, third round pick, sure. athletic, yep. uh, pretty good motor, uh, a lot of the same traits that Eli Harold has, uh, mm-hmm. but it hasn't really come out. You didn't see it instantly like with Aaron Lynch. You saw this guy's like, okay, that guy's a player. And yeah. with Lemonier, you don't see that. No, not at all. Um, so I'm, I'm more interested in seeing what Harold's going to do because if anybody pushes for playing time uh, with the first unit, I think Harold, it would be Harold over Lemonier. But he's obviously a rookie, so. But everything you're hearing out of camp is that this guy has a, a motor that won't quit and that he asks questions constantly and that he's 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 one of those first to leave, or first to arrive last to leave kind of guys that uh he, he even talks with Joe Staley you know cuz he'll be lining up on that right side going against Staley and afterwards he'll be like hey you know he, he'll basically be asking him questions like what do you look for when a guy's pass rushing you know w- give me your take on what a pass rusher is doing so that he can visualize that as he's trying to rush the passer and you got to love that not to mention he got to work with Charles Haley back in May uh, and the team has, has mentioned recently pe- bringing him back to help the young guys now that Alden Smith is gone. And, oh, that just seems like the right idea, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Uh, so I really like Harold's upside third-round pick out of Virginia. We mentioned Lemonnier. Not yeah, a whole lot of upside The foresight to draft there. him is, is huge now. Oh, when you see yeah. <laughs> I know. At the oh, time, gosh. you're like, really? That, another, uh, another outside, outside linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, um, right. And not only Lemonnier, but we have a Lemon as well, Sean Lemon, yeah. <laughs> outside linebacker. They, they signed him the next day after Alden got released mm-hmm. um, out of the CFL. He was a star in the CFL. Yeah. He was a, a big-time player, so another outside linebacker there in the mix. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch uh, what these guys do on Saturday. No doubt about it, you know, and and throughout the uh, and we get we get to go crazy with these small samples, and I can't I wait. Know. I can't wait to overdo. Did it you see that everybody. two those two sacks he got against the third team <laughs> offensive? You line? can really see it come with the DeAndre White too, because um, he's obviously he's he's flashing in practice, which is awesome, and it, th- that wave can come so strong if he, if he makes some plays and he'll probably get a ton of run in the preseason. Oh right? yeah, starts making some plays. Remember Corey Sheets? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Corey Sheets was the second coming, and yeah, it's it doesn't always work out that way. But I, I I actually went back and watched some more college games of his over the last couple of weeks just because he's getting so much pub, and it, looks it, good. It's so easy to overlook him because yeah. of Cooper on the other side, who who is amazing. Yeah, so you see this guy who it's like you know when you see the two hot girls at the bar, you know there's one that's hotter than the other, and she's yeah. going to get the most attention. Yeah, that other one's still pretty hot. <laughs> we got the pretty hot one on our yeah. team. <laughs> Which is good when she's not standing next to the really ugly I know, ugly. I know. Then when she's standing next to the really <laughs> ugly girls, wow. I like that. Not that any of the uh, Niners yeah. wide receivers are really ugly, anything like that. Uh, we can talk a little middle <laughs> linebacker, too, if you want. I mean, uh, let's look at the inside. Well, yeah. obviously, Patrick Willis is gone. Yeah. Here's no. the thing. So we, we were without Bowman all of last year, and Patrick Willis. Most parts, of the year. Yeah, parts of the last couple of years. Yeah. He's been banged up quite a bit. Um, and it's kind of a bummer because 
that Will Hoyt's not able to, to come in and compete right now. He started all 16 games last year, which is kind of it, it's. I didn't really even remember that until I looked it looked it up again, and I was like, God, he started every game yeah. because he was in for either, yep, Bowman or Willis. Um, and when and had a solid year, yeah. And when it was when it was Will Hoyt and Borland, Borland. When it was Will Hoyt and Borland, Will Hoyt was playing the stronger side, which is the one that takes on more blocks, which is what frees up Borland to make all of his Correct. plays right. Um, and so Borland was playing the position that Bowman used to play. Which is the, the the position that gets a little bit more tackles because that's, and when Patrick Willis, uh, you want to get into a little bit of scheme stuff just so you know what you're looking at. Patrick Willis when he came up, it was him and Tekio Spikes. Oh, TKO. So, Tekio Spikes. So he was Spikes was playing the jack position, which is the strong side. Right. So he's taking on more blocks, and then Patrick Willis is flowing to the football he like nobody else has ever tackle done. Numbers like insane. Yeah. And then when Bowman came on the scene, Willis moved over to the stronger side. And he started taking on more blocks, and you saw Bowen was putting up the better numbers, mm-hmm. right? And it's not that one guy's more important than the other. It's just that the, you end up getting a different little bit roles. different, yeah, different sure. roles, different numbers. So I'm interested to see. And obviously, Fangio's gone, and there's, they're going to be blitzing a lot more under Eric Mangini. I'm interested to see if it's the same situation where one of the linebackers is taking on more blocks than the other. I um, bet, yeah. You, I would guess that it would be that Will Hoyt fits better on that strong side, taking on the blocks with Bowman in the same position he's always been playing in, flowing to the football. But if it was Nick Moody right, who, who earned the starting spot, Moody's a little bit more of a, a more athletic. Um, well, he was a, a bit, safety yeah, in, a little in bit college. Yeah, lighter in the shorts. Right. So he might be better in the weak side. And then I don't know if you want Bowman to be the guy who's taking on all the blocks. If it's, you know, does that, is, is, are you wasting look, his yeah. talent there? Right. Um, I don't know exactly what the defense is going to look like, what the scheme is going to look like. So that's one of the things I'm going to look for is to see in this first preseason game how they're actually playing. What style of football are they playing on defense? Does it look a lot like the way it used to look like under Fangio or is it a a completely different revamp thing altogether? And, you know, we mentioned or I mentioned the two names earlier that keep coming up in camp. Nick Moody is probably the third name that you're hearing over and over and over. Every day I see his name, which is exciting, which is it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, the guy's got three interceptions already in camp. Again, it's just camp, but we mentioned he was a safety, so he's probably the, the best pass coverage guy of the bunch. And he's he's making the most of his time. Will Hoyt's out. You mentioned he's out with the injury, and Moody is, man, he's in there early. He's, he's watching tape. Um, Darnell Dockett said that he found him watching film by himself on many occasions, that he'll he'll, he'll show up at the, the facilities and Moody's in there watching it over and over and over. It's and a just, great sign. It, it really it, is. It, he's he's had so much less run on the actual defense. He's played a lot on special teams. He played all 16 games last year. He only mm-hmm. had 16 tackles. Yeah. And he only had three as a rookie, so he's had less than 20 tackles in his career. Yeah, it was 21 total tackles last season that he had. So okay. you know, maybe, But he, he called contact the fun part of the game. Which is what you want from your middle I, linebacker. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You want a guy that is willing to play that that jack role where they can just go take on a blocker and uh, and and that sort of thing. Jared Hayne also called his pass rush style just run over everybody. <laughs> like, that's that's I like that. awesome. Yeah. I like that. Just just run into him, run over them because you're so big and strong. I really like Moody. I love where he's headed. Um, and everything you're seeing is that if Will Hoyt continues to miss time, I mean Moody's just going to steal that starting spot. Uh, a couple other guys too that are uh, that are making some wave is is uh, Shane Scope. Shane Scope, yeah, you, you I, I loved him back him. in the day. I I cover the the Pac-12 for RotoWire, so I, I look at the Pac-12 very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any rooting interest in any of the teams necessarily. I didn't go to any Pac-12 schools. My school did not have football. Neither did mine. Um, and it, oh, do you, 
to get off topic a little bit, yeah. I always find it weird when people are super into a college that team they didn't that go they didn't to? go to. I don't. I never understood it. Like maybe it's from their parents. I mean, it's or not like I played or... for the 49ers either. Right. So, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah. The college. You go to a different college. Like I've, I used to work with a guy who uh, went to school in Akron, mm-hmm. but he's an Ohio State fan. Maybe they just fell in love when they were a kid, you know, and they just kind of held on to it forever. Yeah. And, and I, I grew up in Visalia, California. Everyone's all into Fresno State. Bulldogs. Yeah. It's all about Fresno State sure. down there, and but I I never got wrapped up into it because I never. I grew up with in Stockton, and UOP football dropped out when I was like twelve right. or thirteen. UOP. Yeah, same. A lot of the schools did. Um, I went to San Francisco State. I think they lost it around the same time, yeah. right? Late nineties, maybe. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Sonoma State. Chico State, um, mm-hmm. all the schools that kind of played together. And I did go to a lot of Tiger games when I was growing up. My parents actually had season tickets on the 45-yard line, about 13 rows up. Mm-hmm. It was some of the best times I remember as a kid were going to that. I mean, I don't remember any of the games or any of the players because I was so young, but it was just so much fun going. And yeah, I probably would have been a UOP Tigers fan forever even if I hadn't gone to that school. So maybe yeah. maybe that has something to do it's with it. But, but it is weird when, yeah, thing. it's like a cross-country thing. Like you live in, you live yeah. in Sacramento, but you love Michigan Notre Wolverines Dame. Right. or something. Yeah, uh-huh. Fandom is odd. Back to Scove. Okay, Shane Scove. Yeah. Instinctive. Right. Maybe Everything. a step slow. Yeah, that's the thing. God, he's, tough. He's slow but tough. He, he's like the type of guy where he takes off his helmet after the game and he's like bloody. Yeah. And, <laughs> but he's made eight tackles. and, and Yeah. yeah it, it, you hear about this thing in practice that he does, and he did this in, it, at Stanford all the time, is the snap count. Like he's in Tell the opponent's backfield before oh, the like play. He, he can just even, anticipates. Like if he's blitzing right. and he's the first guy across, and people don't even get a hand on him because he's shooting the gap before the play can even develop. And I guess he's messed up some plays at practice because he's got that instinctive ability to just get off the ball and blitz. And in Mangini's defense, he might have a little bit of an edge up with that kind of ability to uh, to get after the quarterback a little bit. And it, it'll be—he's a tough guy. He's gonna make a—he's gonna make some plays on special teams as well. I think he's got a really good shot at making the roster and maybe even getting in on defense quite a bit. Yeah, Des Bishop also getting some praise from from defensive coordinator Eric Mangini. I mean, I feel like middle linebacker is another one of those spots where over the years it's just been like, okay, next man up. You know, pl- yes. put somebody in there and, and they've performed. And it's much like running back is on offense where people get hurt a lot. There's a lot of contact, and it's also easier to find that position in the draft or on the waiver right. wire than any other position. You yeah. can find someone that can come in and plug in and play and it and it and it kind of makes sense in a lot of different schemes to just play that middle linebacker spot similar to a running back where you can see a rookie just show up. It's very and instinctive. Play ball yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And even late round picks too. You don't have to spend that high of a draft pick on a lot of those players. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, Philip Wheeler, one more yeah. guy. We haven't mentioned him yet. I remember seeing him uh with Georgia Tech, I believe, mm-hmm. out of the draft. He was an, more of an outside linebacker in college, and I, d- I haven't seen him play a lot. I think he's kind of under— He's been hurt, too. Yeah. And during camp a lot. He's a been bit. slowed by some injuries, too. So another reason why you know he's not really no one's really talking about him. And w- when you get that deep on the roster, if you're not playing special teams— And you're not uh, playing you're because not you're roster. slowed. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's going so to be tough to crack. maybe battle there if all these guys in front of him are starting to look really good. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough for him. Do you want to look a little bit at the NFC West? I would love to. Is it about that time? Let's do it. All right, joining us now, Danny Kelly, editor at FieldGoals.com, columnist at SB Nation. You can find him at FieldGoals on Twitter. He is probably the the finest mind in Seahawks football that we could find well to come on the show with us today. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, um, as you know, 
quite a lot of turmoil happen with the 49ers this offseason and kind bit. of is continuing yeah. to happen into the preseason. But the Seahawks, maybe it's hard to stay on top for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. People talk about parity in the NFL, and it's absolutely true. The 49ers um, forced a lot of that on themselves, but obviously <laughs> a lot of other teams were trying to sort of vulture in on the Seahawks' success. You've lost a couple of straight defensive coordinators. You lost some players. Um, just overall, with the offseason, how, how does it look for you? Do you think you have a stronger team coming into the season because you had some additions as well? Or do you think the Seahawks are weaker than they were a year ago? You know, overall, I think that's a tough that's a tough question to answer, of course. But I think, um, you know, with the addition of Jimmy Graham, that really improves the offense. So on the off- offensive side of the ball, they haven't really lost much there other than uh, their center and Max Hunger. Um so that's, you know, on offensive side of the ball, I think they got better on defense. You have some questions still, I think, with the loss of uh, Byron Maxwell at cornerback. Um, you know, that kind of takes, that, that gives the Legion of Boom a bit of a hit, and you have to see what you can get out of Kerry Williams next year before you can really decide if, if the defense is going to be as good as they were last year. Um, you know, they added the Tyra Rubens on the interior defensive line. That should be a good, uh, you know, addition for them, and, uh, their, their draft class looked pretty decent in terms of getting Frank Clark and um, Ty Smith and a few other players that could make an impact. But um, overall, you know, I think they're—it's it's, going to be close. I think you know Pete Carroll talked about how he thinks they're deeper now than they were last year, and um, I can buy that just based on some of the things they've done with their draft and in free agency. But um, yeah, losing Byron Maxwell was the main thing, and um, that's the main question that they're going to have to answer this year. Right, so it looks uh, this time of year, everything's kind of rosy on just about every training <laughs> camp. You know, there's people are like, got oh, a hey, shot. everyone's, you know, nobody has any losses except for the Steelers, you know, right? Every, no, so it's kind of rosy just about everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, big question marks on the defense. Uh, Cam Chancellor, right? The holdout, I mean, he's, yeah. he's in year three of a five year deal. He, he's in the upper tier of strong safety salaries. He's. Set to make over $5 million next year, uh, close to $7 million in 2017. I mean, is this just about guaranteed money, or, or is there more to it? You know, I think it is. I think, I mean, it's hard to really know. Honestly, it's kind of a weird situation. I think a lot of really people are kind of, they're kind of perplexed about it. Um, but, yeah, I would say, you know, if I had to wager a guess that it's about his, his guaranteed money, you know, he realizes he plays a very physical style of football. Sure. He's a very physical position in terms of the safety. They're hitting a lot. Um, I think, you know, he potentially could be afraid that, you know, one or two concussions could make him retire. You yep. know what I mean? So um, perhaps he's had a concussion that has gone unreported or, you know, he's just fearful of that in general. He's seen kind of what happened with, players around the league obviously you guys know about that um, definitely yeah we do yeah <laughs> that's but, right. uh, but yeah so i think I, to me that's probably what it comes down to i think he wants a little bit more guaranteed money this is probably going to be his last shot at doing that um for the next two years and so um you know i guess he's just kind of going for it but it doesn't really seem like the CFs are going to budge just because they really you know it would be a bad move business-wise for them yeah you know, I, f- I feel the same way. Question. Yeah, what what is he going to do? Sign for four more years, and then in two years do this again? I mean, it just yeah. it just seems like he doesn't have any leverage at all. Yeah, the more you negotiate yeah. in that kind of a situation, 
you know, the more it, it weakens your stance with other players in the future. I mean, and the 49ers, see, every team kind of sees this and goes through something similar. And he might get the smallest little tiny bit in his contract. And maybe he's just trying to, you know, skip out on something. a little bit of contact in training camp. But we're talking about the Legion of Boom and Earl Thomas, who might be even more important than Cam Chancellor to make this whole thing go. He's hurt. Is, is this an extended thing? Or do you expect him back? I mean, it. The Seahawks aren't really the Seahawks without Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas back there, and it looks like that's what it's going to look like the, the first week of the preseason, at least, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's you know obviously that's a huge fear for people that Earl won't make it back in time. I think right now the conservative estimate is that he will come back in one of the third or fourth preseason games in terms of like starting to get on the field, and then with the theory that you know he'd be ready to go for week one. Uh, he's still not practicing. He was recently removed from the PUP list, so he can practice, but he's kind of just hanging out on the sideline. Right. Um, you know, taking mental rest and things like that. But, um, you know, he, he's never missed a game in his career. He's he's one of the toughest players that I've ever seen in terms of, you know, he plays through everything. Um, so I really just can't see him missing any games. I think it's probably a, a situation where he's going to give it as much time as he possibly can to heal. Um, but he could probably go right now, I think. You know, he's just kind of that kind of guy. So maybe um, one of those situations, you see this a lot around the league, and I imagine Marshawn Lynch isn't taking a lot of contact and probably won't see a lot of right. snaps in the preseason either. Sort of like a yeah. lot of running backs around the league do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You have a defender like that who's already a little bit banged up. There's no reason to, to put him in there and put right. him on the field before he's ready because I'm sure you could just – I'm sure you could take zero reps and then just be ready for snap one, week one, right? Yeah, I mean, in theory, and I think, you know, obviously – Running around, as long as he's running around and kind of got his, you know, his wind in terms of he's in shape to run around, I think he'd be fine. I was hoping you were going to say that we should expect Cam Chancellor <laughs> to hold out all season long, and, and Thomas probably wouldn't be back anytime soon. <laughs> well, you know, Pete Carroll talked about how Cam Chancellor's kind of dug his heels in, and and that's true. It's it's like when it, before it even started, I told people, oh, there's no way he's going to hold out. So. You know, take take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because it was really surprising, honestly, that he held out. And so. Um, my impression is that he probably won't miss games because he does care about his image in the public, and I think fans will start to turn on him if he did do that. Um, but yeah, I just you don't have, you just never really know. Obviously, these sure. guys all look at it like a business. You know, Danny, you mentioned uh, the addition of Jimmy Graham. Obviously, everybody's well aware of that. But a, a lot of reports coming out of camp are that you know he's going to be blocking a whole lot more than he was in <laughs> New Orleans, so he's not going to yeah. be worth as much. I mean, you've been around. Is that what is that what's happening? So far in, yeah. in, in practice? I mean, yeah, he will be asked to walk a lot more than he was in, with the Sanson because, and I mean, frankly, if he's like, he was, he basically stopped blocking last year with the right. yeah. well, He was up. a wide receiver. He never really lined up in line as Correct. a true tight end. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he is going to be blocking more often. I think the way that they're going to ask him to block is not going to be like he's going to be an offensive tackle or like a true tight end mm-hmm. where they're asking him to block in that sense, I think. More generally, it's going to be on the move type of stuff where he's lining up against either outside linebackers or, you know, potentially like a receiver. Right. And actually, Um, it seems, from my point of view, it seems like a great move because they're one of the few teams that could shut him down. The Seahawks kind of got under his skin a little bit. Right. Um, And so if if one out of the 32 teams could shut him down and now that's the team he's on. (laughs) Big upside there. (laughs) I know. It's funny, honestly, because when, you know, over the last two years, the Seahawks have played the Saints a couple times and he was pretty much, you know, he had one touchdown catch, but he was pretty much shut down um, in those two games. And so people kind of had a funny impression of him, like kind of like, oh, he's soft and, and, you know, whatever. And um, 
Yeah, and there was a lot of talk back and forth, too, so Seahawks fans might yeah. not have really yeah. loved Jimmy Graham before they picked right. him up. Those people yeah, that didn't but, like him probably didn't play much fantasy yeah. football. I'm sure <laughs> they like him quite a bit now. I know, and that's the funny thing. It's like I'm like, every, all the Seahawks fans, pretty much, you know, the, the the casual fan mostly just watches their own team, and then if there's, like, prime time on, they'll watch that. Right. Um, but I'm like, if you look at his numbers over the last couple of years, this guy's a freak. He, he scored more touchdowns than anyone in the NFL other than, like, Marshawn Lynch and Des Bryant over the last three years. So, um, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. He's a touchdown machine, and I think that, you know, yes, about the value, I think that's really his value. It's not necessarily the volume numbers. It's going to be um, what he does in the red zone and what he does on third down. I think those are the two areas that he really could help improve the Seahawks' offense. And so, um, with the, with the, you know, triumvirate or triumvirate of, uh, of Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and Jimmy Graham, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how teams decide to defend them. Um, you know, because you got to kind of focus on one or two of the three. It's kind of hard to game plan for all three. Um, so that's kind of the idea that, uh, the Seahawks obviously had when they went and sent a first round pick on him that, that he can be, you know, a force multiplier for their offense. Right, and you brought up Lynch and Wilson. So Wilson got his new deal. There's some probably some cap ramifications there. They bring in Jimmy Graham. It sounds like they're kind of preparing for life without, you know, life after the beast mode, Eric. So it, it, yeah. do you see more of a more of a um, a quarterback influenced passing influence because it's 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 pretty much Russell Wilson's deal, right? The Seahawks is Russell Wilson's team now. Yeah, I think you know, I think. In theory, they're kind of passing that torch a little bit because I think right now it looks like Lynch will probably play one this last year, and then past that, it's a real huge question mark. Like he, from what it sounded like, he kind of barely decided to play this year, but they threw enough money at him that he wanted to <laughs> go ahead and finish it, you know. And so, um, yeah, I think you know from the point from this point on, I think they're going to expect Wilson to be, uh, you know, take on a little bit more in terms of be a little more efficient. Uh, you know, potentially be more, uh, you know, throw more touchdowns, throw a little more, a higher percentage in terms of this completion percentage to be better on third down, be better in the red zone. I don't think they're ever going to really change as long as Pete Carroll's around in in terms of they're going to become a passing team or like anything like that. I think he really believes in the whole run, heavy run and beat people up and, and be physical and slow the game down. That's like, those are all very, very important tenants. And so I really don't see that ever changing. You know, Danny, we, uh, we'd like to do a top five big board on our show and we're going to touch on uh, the top five uh, biggest fantasy impact players for the 49ers today. Is there any way you could maybe give us a top five or just some, some key guys? Obviously we know, you know, you know, Graham, we know Wilson, uh, we know Lynch. Are there a few other guys that may be on the radar there in, in, in fantasy aspect? Uh, you know, Seattle is a fantasy wasteland, honestly, <laughs> as you guys know. Sure. Maybe IDP. But, yeah. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Well, and we know the defense, too. Obviously, you pick up yeah, the defense. Bobby, Bobby Wagner is your guy mm-hmm. um, in terms of tackles and things like that. But, I mean, it'd be um, like a handcuff for Lynch. Is it Michael? I mean, who is it? Is it? Yeah, that's an interesting thing because it, it sounds yeah. like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like Kristen Michael, he's obviously like, he looks like he shot out of a cannon towards the line of scrimmage. Yep. But it it seems like maybe he just doesn't have his head screwed on right. Is it, is that a, a fair assessment there? Yeah, I mean, and, and without being in the locker room, I don't know. But like that's pretty much like what everyone assumes. Mm-hmm. And you know, taking taking what the coaches have said, I think it's just it points to he's he hasn't quite grasped being a pro quite yet. Um, in terms of you know, there's the little things like, for instance, he still hasn't really learned how to carry the ball in his left hand when he's running to the left side. Yikes. 
Don't they teach you that uh, in Pop like, Warner? I learned that. I know that. I've carried the ball. Like I haven't carried the ball for 15 years. It's fundamentals yeah. 101 yeah. there. Where I was going to – with the fear of being tackled. And I still <laughs> – if you give me a ball right now, if I'm running to the left, I put it in my left hand. You just do it. Yeah. And it's the little stuff like that. And um, I think, you know, in terms of the blitz pickups, essentially what, they, what they've alluded to is that he makes a mistake too often in terms of what he's supposed to be doing, the little stuff. Yikes. And so I mean, he hasn't essentially learned to earn their trust. And But he, I mean, God, he is a very, very talented runner. Like, he's crazy talented. He's like 230 pounds. He's the most explosive player on the field. Yeah. Uh, so I really hope he can earn some carries this year. But I think if, if you're if you're kind of being playing it safe, Robert Turman probably is handcuffed mm-hmm. um, just because we've heard a lot of really good things about him, uh, you know, in training camp already. And so I, the other thing is I don't think Sherman Smith, the Seahawks running back coach, likes Kristen Michael. He just, like, doesn't <laughs> like not him. not good. Not good if your coach doesn't like I always like wonder you. what that's like in a draft room because I'm sort of a draft nerd. And I can imagine it, it's really easy to sit down with a prospect for five minutes and be like, I do not want yeah. this person in my yeah. locker room. Or and then they draft him or something. <laughs> then what do you do? You guys yeah. wonder why these guys fall. Like they're like, oh, this guy's a first round pick, and he falls to the fourth round. Right. It's like nobody could stand to be around him for <laughs> five minutes. Imagine he's being able. around him all season long. <laughs> totally. What yeah, about Baldwin? I mean, is there any any value there? Maybe uh, Jimmy Graham opens yeah. up the middle of the field, or you know, draw, draws uh, yeah. a safety. Yeah. I think so. I think Baldwin's probably going to reap the benefits of this a little bit. Um, you know, Pete Carroll talked about that a lot. Actually, how having uh, having Jimmy Graham in the middle of the field and kind of like drawing in the defense is going to really help because Baldwin can beat one-on-one. That's kind of his thing. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a good route runner. He's very shifty and fast, catches everything. So um, that could really be kind of his – it could be a boon for him. And I think, you know, if you're talking receivers, he would be the guy that I would take in terms of if I was going to take someone in fantasy football. The other guy who would be like a little – like a dark horse for you guys would be Chris Matthews. Um, obviously, yeah. people saw what he could do in the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, you know, he's kind of a big deal. And then um, – He's kind of, you know, gotten a lot of hype in the preseason here already, and so um, there's there's some talk that he could emerge as the Seahawks' de facto number one outside guy, um, to kind of take over for Jermaine Curse, what he did last year, and so there's a chance you could kind of get him in terms of like maybe he'll get a few touchdowns here and there. Um, no one's really going to have a high volume in this offense. The new guy, Tyler Lockett, I liked him in the draft. He's probably going to be. More so a special teams player, right? But maybe a little bit of him in the slot from they kind of work from the inside out there on offense. Yeah, and Lockett's got. There's a lot of people who are very excited about Lockett. Um, I'm I'm a little reticent to say too much about him because I've never seen him play a game yet in the pros, right. um, not even a preseason game. But he's looked really good in the training camp sessions, and um, he's just a you know. It, again, this is like one of those things where you don't really want to do it. But like people have been comparing him to Antonio Brown in terms of he's very very like shifty route runner like crazy hard to defend um and catches everything and so um you know obviously i'm not going to compare him to antonio brown probably one of the best receivers in the nfl (laughs) but he's that type of guy like a smaller shifty you know you need run after the catch also kind of guy and so um people are super stoked about him i think he's going to be you know one of those guys number one he's going to make a big impact in the special teams especially the seahawks punt returns were atrocious last year and kick returns, and so that's you know one area that he's going to be really, hopefully, a big improvement. So th- this is a 49ers podcast, after all. I got to ask, what's what's the thing that could happen to where the Seahawks? Obviously, the 49ers last year, even before this crazy offseason, they ended up going eight and eight, and 
<laughs> yeah, it was. I know where you're going with this. Not question. a dream season. What happens? Like, <laughs> what would happen in Seattle to make this a not a dream season for Seattle? Make them all of a sudden be like, "What the hell just happened?" Right. So, what? <laughs> well, but we basically, what I'm looking for is why would the 49ers finish ahead of the Seahawks? And I'm sure you probably believe, just like everybody else does in Seattle, that the Seahawks are going to be at the top of the division. Um, and, and really kick the 49ers while they're down, what would make the 49ers finish ahead of the Seahawks? Well, you know, I think obviously one thing is, well, in any sense, in any team, it's going to be injuries. Like, if you lose your quarterback, it's going to suck, and then that's going to be a big deal. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be one of those things where how, how do they react to the whole ending of the Super Bowl and how, like, crushing and depressing and you know, atrocious that was. Um, so how do, how do they react to that? How do they? Yeah, I felt I felt bad watching that. Yeah, I felt horrible. <laughs> no, like, sure, I did not good. smile at all. <laughs> no, you, to, to be honest with you, and I have some Seahawks friends. There's we've gotten tweets from Seahawks fans sure. that listen to the show. They want to know your enemy. That's why you know and, you know yeah. just like we are trying to fill our 49ers fans in on on the Seahawks. But to be honest, the the biggest thing out of all of it, and I'm sure you've heard this before, was just the 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 picture of Sherman on the sideline. That was the number one thing. Was like, everyone's kind of like, okay, great, that was awesome. Thank you for uh, thank that you for moment. That. Everything else is like whatever. I like this. Yeah. Plus, earlier in the game, he was like doing the four thing or whatever. Right. Was that what it was? Two four. Two four. Okay. Two, two four. four. Yeah. Two four. <laughs> hey, Danny. Before we let you get out of here, I got to ask you a question. Last week, we broke down the Niners' schedule and everything. So I, I took a look at Seattle's schedule. And how the hell did you guys get a three-game home stretch right after your bye? Four weeks at home in the middle of the season. How does that work? Oh, you're going to talk to us about how how easy of a schedule we have? Well, I mean, <laughs> our, our schedules are very similar. Yeah, <laughs> not easy schedules either uh, for either team, but a month you're, at home is kind of nice. A month at home! That is definitely very nice. Did, so that starts after their bye? Yeah, and then you get and two of those games are against Arizona and San Francisco, so a couple of division games in there, too. Well, here's the thing, and, that, and that's obviously nice, um, nice of the scheduler makers to do that, but... Um, I think I saw the Seahawks play four teams coming off their bye this year. Yeah, and no other and no other team plays more than one. <laughs> Yikes, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. brutal. Plus, you have the three back-to-back road games as well. So it's not the easiest schedule in the world, but uh, and they start off two uh, two on the road. Yeah, um, yeah, those I are those are not going to be easy. St. Louis and Green Bay. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a trial by fire at the beginning. Um, I was talking to a friend about this. He was asking, you know. If there's going to be any easy games on the schedule, and I was looking through, and I was just like, nope, nope. Like, even like <laughs> even the Vikings, you're playing at the Vikings. Right. They were good last year. Um, you know, the Browns are kind of one of those teams you never really know. Last year, like I think three quarters of the way through the season, they looked pretty good. Yeah, they you did. Know, they in first place, of course, every team was in first place in that division. But um, their defense yeah. is very much improved, also. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule, and yeah, um, you know, there's a few home stands in there but i think in general it's probably i didn't see the the ratings or anything yet but um it's probably one of the harder schedules in the nfl it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough for the seahawks especially if they start out you know kind of get punched in the mouth by the rams or something like that right Uh, you know then they have to go to lambo and that's never easy Mm -hmm. and the packers obviously have some uh revenge on the mind i'm sure and so um you know it's, it's gonna be a really tough start well i guess we'll see you week seven I like it. Yep. Is that right? That is on the NFL Network. Is that a Thursday night game? Thursday, Thursday night. night game, week seven. Maybe we'll have you on uh, the week leading up to that if you're willing to come back on yeah. and, and chat with us. 
Yeah, for sure, definitely. That'd yeah, be great, Danny. Hey, Danny, really appreciate you coming on with us today. All right, no problem. Thanks for having me. All on. right, take care. Oh, you know, I love. I, so many times he mentioned the Super Bowl, and I just, <laughs> I just, I, I, I was hard not to giggle. It's yeah. <laughs> And we really appreciate Danny Kelly from Field Goals coming on. Follow him. I always follow. I follow a lot of Dodgers beat writers. You have as a to. Giants fan. I follow Seattle yeah. Seahawks. I follow. Uh, you you got to. If you're a real you fan, you got to know your enemy. You got to yeah. know what you're looking at. When know what you're, they're when doing. You're playing. And that's why we wanted to have him on. Talk a little bit about the division. We're gonna look into some more division rivals in weeks heading into the season. Ah. Oh. I just it just hit me. I just scrolled on my sheet here and saw Houston Texans Week One Saturday. It's coming up. We get to see some football. You're getting me excited, excited again. Okay, let's get into to the big board. All right, are you I ready like for it. it? Yeah, you're first this week. Okay, I'm going to go first. We're talking the big board this week is top five 49ers for fantasy football in 2015, mm-hmm. and I might surprise you on some. Ooh, um, good. Here, my number five is the guy I can guarantee I'm going to have on the most teams. That's a 49er. Can I guess my who rosters. it is? Okay, go for it. Phil Dawson. Yes. How did you know? Did I talk to you about this already? <laughs> no, but that's, I had him as my number five and I took him off. Yeah. I, I literally oh, took him I off right I was before we started. With this. Because, yeah, he seems like the most obvious, right? Well, he's, he's, here's the thing with Phil Dawson. This is all, it's been David Akers. You go back to, I didn't play fantasy football when Mike Kofer was there. I wasn't. But you go back to, like, that would have sucked, actually. <laughs> my dad used I, to hate Kofer so much. I loved Kofer. Oh, my dad would curse his name. Oh, he missed so many big kicks. <laughs> so w- when you're playing fantasy football, it's you're going to take a kicker in the last round. Don't yeah. be the guy who takes Goskowski in like the 10th round. Don't yeah. do that. I mean, maybe the round before the last if there's a guy yeah. you really want. But yeah, come on. Um, Don't be the first guy to take a kicker. Here's my theory on kickers. Every time the 49ers, if they have a drive that stalls and they have to kick a field goal, you don't feel as bad because you get the points on your fantasy team. I had Dawson last season. Trust me, I, I know this. And Dawson's feeling. a great kicker. He kicks 50-plus yards. Here's the thing. Field One goals. year when I didn't have a 49ers kicker on my roster, I had Phil Dawson. with. He was with the Browns. Yeah. This is going back a ways, maybe almost 10 years now. Uh, end of the game, I'm down you know, a couple points. Yeah. They, they line up for a field goal. Fake field goal. Phil Dawson scores a touchdown. What? I win the matchup that week. That's pretty awesome. So extra points for Phil Dawson there because he won me on a fake field goal attempt. He he scored a touchdown. <laughs> that was great. Won me my game. Phil Dawson. You'll love him forever. He's my number five. You know, and before we get too deep into this fantasy stuff, obviously a lot of these players, their values will change based on your league settings and, and whatever. Yes, yes. Because like a guy like Dawson, some leagues will give you five points for a 50-yard field, field goal. So right? yeah, for, for Sometimes you only get three Right. Three points for no matter what the difference exactly. is in the field goal. Exactly. Right? And it's going to be really interesting to see maybe kickers go even further down in value because the two-point conversion rule. And that's we still right. don't know what impact that's going to have. I'm I mean, excited to find out. I can imagine teams like the Philadelphia Eagles scoring going for two all the time. Yeah, So time. even though they have a high volume of plays and their kicker would normally be pretty valuable, mm-hmm. if they're not kicking... Right. Their kicker's not going to be very valuable. That's a good call. So, um, it's only one point for every extra point, but at the same time, yeah, you, you lose yeah. three of those. I mean, there's a field goal right. that you don't have. So five Dawson. All right. So five is Dawson for me. I like it. Uh, number four, I'm going to go IDP. I'm going to go Navarro Bowman. Oh, Because okay. I, here's, so I, see, I wanted to surprise you on both my first two picks here. You but, surprised me there because okay. I've never have and never will play in an IDP league. Really? I won't uh, do it. I won't do it. You will never go back. I won't do it's it. It's awesome. I won't team, do it. Team defense, to be honest with you, sucks. <laughs> if you play, That's why there's only one spot for it. <laughs> if you want to play in a deep league, you're cutting off half of what football is all about. Yeah, I won't and, do hey, it. And, hey, defense wins championships. What about special teams? That's the third, too. So, you, you have a special teams no. player? Is, I, well, you, yeah. Hey, do you I draft have, like a special teams team? I like that having would be a good idea. I like having kick return yardage being part of it, part yeah. of the equation. 
Oh, I do that for personal. We do that for personal players only. What the hell does that mean? So, like, say you have Bruce Ellington, yeah. you're going to get the return yards for Bruce Ellington. You see what I'm saying? No. They don't get like the touchdowns will count for the team defense that you have, but not the yardage for returns and whatnot. Oh, 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 oh! I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, so you get the touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I like yardage. I like it, it fractional, so it's like yeah. you're not getting full yardage counts. Sure. Obviously, you're getting like a tenth of a same, yard. Point. Same, same here. So, yeah. um, but it just makes okay. it, it makes for a deeper league. You can have uh, more teams in your league. More people are valuable. So it just makes it just adds to more. You have to know what's going on. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I totally understand. Fantasy, I know about IDP. I mean, I know. I just, I, yeah, I'm I know just, you do. I know I'm you just do. not a big fan. I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't play exclusively IDP leagues, mm-hmm. but I do like IDP. Do you have multiple IDP I leagues? I do. Just... I have a Dynasty IDP league. Wow. That's Dynasty deep. Sports Empire, What, by the way. Yeah. Uh, insanely deep leagues over there. If you want to play some deep Dynasty football, DynastySportsEmpire.com. It's mm-hmm. a place to go. Yeah. So Bowman, if you do play IDP, Bowman, if he's back, if he's 100% Bowman, he's getting a huge discount right now. And people mm-hmm. are probably still going to draft him high, but he's getting a big discount because he used to be maybe the first defensive player chosen right, right? or at least and, top yeah. three yeah um so he, he's gonna be if he's back he's gonna have a ton of points mm-hmm. the defensive line in front of him is still strong they're still gonna take up blocks he's still gonna score a lot of points so you could probably steal him get one of the top idp players at a little bit of a discount because he's coming off that injury he didn't have any points last year so sure yeah navarro bowman's number four for me oh, number okay. three colin kaepernick yeah i like it I like it a lot. I don't think I have to talk about. I think Colin Kaepernick last year, people were predicting more of a breakout. Yeah. And obviously, last year he was drafted way planned. too high last year. Yeah, this year you're going to get him much later. He's going to be your second quarterback. Yeah, but he has a chance to do like we talked about before with breakout players. He was on my list there just because he's going to throw the ball more. His it's average be a higher position. volume offense. They're going to get to the line and actually run some plays this season. Hopefully. Um, so just if he <laughs> if he's if he's the same guy he always was, he's going to run more plays, which equals more points. His average draft position right now one twenty one. I'm talking Yahoo standard leagues, right. but that's that's pretty. You can get him for next to nothing. Yeah. So a lot of people are drafting two quarterbacks, and he's still on the board. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, number two for me, Carlos Hyde. Yep. And I wanted to put him number one because he's definitely the highest rated 49er. I'm sure on everybody's draft board, no matter what mm-hmm. format you play in. Um, he might share a little bit of the touches. I'm not too worried about that. I think if he is who I think he is, he's going to have a lion's share of touches on offense because he can catch. I Hopefully. The, I mean, yeah. it all depends on his pass blocking. Pass blocking. As yeah. team-wide, all the running backs need to pass block. And, yeah. and uh, I don't know if any of them are going to block as well as, as Frank Gore used to. Right. But Carlos Hyde, <laughs> yeah. um, Carlos Hyde, obviously, is uh, you, have, you have to pay for him, but it, there's a lot of upside there. Yeah. Uh, number one for me, Anquan Bolden. Yeah. You know, I, look, I wrote it down before are you, you even said it. Yeah. I knew, I knew, you knew where, where I was going. going. Yeah, well, yeah. because obviously he wasn't there by two. So well, those are the guys I have one, too. I just have them swapped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anquan Bolden because of the value. Yeah, of course. Because he's going to be Colin Kaepernick's number one target. He yeah. has been and he will be until he's gone probably. No doubt about um, it. So in PPR leagues or regular leagues, he's a red zone target. He's a tough, reliable player. And yeah. he's Colin Kaepernick's number one target. I just talked about Kaepernick's uptick in volume. That's going to fall on Bolden as well. Yeah. So even if he spreads the ball around a little bit more, hopefully he does bigger plays with Torrey Smith. And, and I have over here on the side just missed. I have Vernon Davis, Torrey Smith, Reggie Bush. Those were possibilities there for my list. But right. Anquan Bolden, for what you're paying for him, you can slot in a starting wide receiver on your fantasy team and get him very late in the draft. No doubt about it. Yeah, his average draft position right now, 113. 113, yeah. And this is a guy who, in his two seasons, San Francisco – Averaged 84 receptions and almost 1,200 yards. It's, it, all it's, he's ever done is 
outplay his yeah. draft position That's in right. fantasy football. That's right. Every year. Yeah. So bank on that with Anquan Bolden. What do you got? You'll be very happy. Number five, Reggie Bush. You left him off, but I, I put him on. His average draft position, 117. He's a pass-catching machine. As long as he stays healthy, he is going to be very good for you, especially if you play in any sort of PPR league. PPR. He's going to be very good for you. And I feel like the Niners are going to be in catch-up mode. A lot this season, too, which actually might hurt Hyde a little bit because Reggie Bush is more of the pass-receiving block, right? I can see that. Running back, yeah. Yeah, see where you're going with that. Yeah, or if Hyde struggles in pass protection, I mean, there you go. Bush could be the starter. It's not out of the question that that could happen at some point this season. It, it's very. I'm not saying it's going to. Yeah, I don't. I don't. See Hyde's him my being, number one on this list. I, I'm. I'm giving it away right now. But right. I don't I, think Bush is going to end up being used as a traditional true tailback. But I see where you're going with that. He it's, could, it's he possible, could be on yeah. the field as much. Right. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. He could see a lot of snaps. Number four is Torrey Smith. He just missed your list. He just made mine. I love the down the field threat. You know, most leagues reward six points for a touchdown. He loves to get in the end zone. 11 touchdowns last season. He averages seven and a half a year. I can't wait to watch him play. The 49ers offensives needed that deep threat yeah. so bad. I, I want to see Cap seasons. throw that long ball. I want to see it. I, I want to see it to go it. to Torrey Smith. And, and I see think, everything else underneath open up a little bit more. Yep. It just, it's, you know, With an average relationship of 106, you know, again, you're not going to have to overpay for him. Value. Exactly. Colin Kaepernick is my number three, right where you had him. I think that that's the perfect spot for him. He, it, he, he compare him to... Uh, to, uh, to Russell Wilson, right, last season. Uh, I read a great article today on SI, and it's, it showed their numbers, and everything was almost identical except for rushing touchdowns. Wilson had eight. Kaepernick had one. Russell Wilson was the third-ranked quarterback. Kaepernick was the 16th. That, I mean, he's not going to only score one rushing touchdown this year. It's not right. going to happen, and I doubt Wilson's going to score eight again. But if you can get Kaepernick and maybe he cracks the top ten because he scores you five or six rushing touchdowns yeah. and puts up similar numbers, I think he's going to put up better passing numbers than he did last year as well. Bolden's my number two. You know what you're going to get. We missed, And not to mention, he's missed only four games in the last six years. He's played every game for the 49ers. You, you know you're going to plug him in there every week, and he's going to get you catches, he's going to get you yards, and he's probably going to get the end zone every other game. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen. Carlos Hyde, just based on volume. Volume alone, you mentioned he's going to be the most expensive. His ADP is 44. So 44. you're going to have to pay up a little bit for him, but you you're pay up for Yahoo starting Ranks running backs. I am. Yahoo. Standard league. Standard yeah. league. Uh, but it, one of the things I, that hesitates a lot of people with Hyde, and you'll hear the argument, is his yards per carry. Is that it was only four. Not the best. You know, it's, it's pretty low. But don't read too much into that. I mean, I remember last season a lot of times that he would, he would come in on short yardage. And he'd get those one or two yards that the Niners needed to move the chains. Yes. And, and, so, and that would hurt his, his overall uh, yards per carry. Right. And with, with any running back, and especially a big power back, it's those fourth quarter carries. Yeah. It's that, it's that 19th, 20th, 25th carry of the game. When the defense is tired and you're running them over. Yeah. You can't expect somebody uh, with a small sample is already bad, but with a, a power back, someone who thrives on carrying the load four, six carries a game, mm-hmm. you just can't. Yeah. There's nothing you can really extrapolate from that, from right. those numbers. And I just watched the Seahawks game week 14, uh, 15, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the third to last game, the, the 49ers and Seahawks. Hyde looked really good. Yeah. Gore was out of the game. Sure. And Hyde was... Explosive. Yeah. Yeah. He can get, he can get the corner for a, being a big guy. I'm excited. Um, he's obviously a powerful back. I see him run some guys over. But obviously, when you're talking about Cap and Bolden, it's just, it's just more valuable there. Or, you know, Torrey Smith For what they're well. worth. You right. Drafting Draft him position. outside of the top 100. Right. I have a couple guys just missed. Vernon Davis. Yes. He's going 128. I expect to bounce back. I do, ha- I mean, he has to bounce back a little bit. He's, he's, he's not even getting drafted year. in a lot of leagues. Yeah. So, tight yeah. end. A tight end, just for those of you out there. Uh, and you can take my advice for what you will. 
I'm not touching tight end until nope. just before I draft that kicker. Yeah. Guys like Tyler Eifert, mm-hmm. post hype, I love it. Post hype, oh, he's yeah. on my underrated list on on uh, RotoWire.com. You That's go to the blog, one. free blog there at RotoWire. Vernon Davis is another guy. Uh, there's just there's a lot of really valuable. It's, it's almost like you can with baseball where you stream starting you can stream pitchers, tight ends. No you doubt, can stream tight ends for sure. You there's there's 15 up. right now that you could plug in there and be okay. I'm okay with that. If a guy falls into your lap. That, that's really good, you know. If you get your Jimmy Graham, if he falls a little bit, yeah, you get Travis uh, Kelsey in like the seventh yeah. or eighth round. Eh, do it, but. yeah. But you don't have to draft him in the top fifty. You don't have to right. draft him in the third round. You don't have to draft Gronk in the first round. You, there's guys that can give you a ton of value, right? Uh, late in fantasy drafts at tight end. So I feel like uh, we have similar. Uh, I wrote nope next to Bowman at number four because I don't want that on our big board. Oh, you uh, know IDPs? <laughs> Come on, man. I just said nope. That's he it. He might be the nope. best player on the San Francisco Agre- 49ers Agreed, right now. but I think that the, just the percentage of fantasy leagues that have IDP is so low that that, that automatically that he kicks him okay. out. That okay. it eliminates him. All right. I'm, I'm very okay much that. okay uh, with, with with putting either Hyde or Bolden at number one. Well, I, I, Hyde has already been number one on our breakout list, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with He's, what you said about the value of Bolden and the fact that we both have him so high, I have no problem putting Bolden at number okay, one. Okay. Let's go Bolden one, Hyde two. Hyde two. two. Okay. And we both had cap three, so that one's easy. He's got to be three. Yeah, and then um, then it's then it's a, you know is it Dawson? Is it Reggie Bush? Is it Tory Smith? Dawson is more of there's no reason to have Dawson on your team, except for that you're a Forty ers fan, and that and you have to have a kicker though. Well, you have to have a kicker, but the benefit in your heart, yeah, it feels so much better. I'm, I'm okay when the that. drive stalls and your team <laughs> kicks a field goal. I told you I took him off at yeah. the last minute and put Bush in there. I, I, it was one of those things. He I, shouldn't be any higher than five if he makes the list, right? Just for that factor, he's like it's like a warm blanket. So who do you like better, Bush or, or Torrey Smith? Oh, um, both are going to see the field a lot. They yeah. are. Uh, I like Torrey Smith to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have him at my four. So I let, think let's he's do that. More consistent, Bush with the injuries, and I just don't know if he's going to see the field enough yeah. to make a huge impact. But I do like Bush in that PPR, especially. I mean, in a standard league, mm-hmm. I don't think you touch Bush, but in a PPR, I think he does have some value. So Dawson five, Torrey Smith four, Kaepernick three, Hyde two, Bolden one. That's There's it. Big board. If you have uh, something to say about that, let us know. Oh yeah, I'm Tweet sure we'll us, hear please. about that for sure. I know. <laughs> you start talking about fantasy football, and and you know a lot of people, it's a big money thing now too. So people are going to be very interested. It's my second favorite thing about football. Number one, of course, being the 49ers. Betting on it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't oh. bet. Oh, fantasy. I don't bet. Have you seen the Vegas lines, by the way? Oh yeah. Do, do you I, see where the Niners were? Yeah. So I've got the, it's this. It's a is from, little ridiculous. Yeah, this is from Business Insider. They had the sports book. Um, Six and a half wins over under for the Niners. I would go over. I, I would put them at seven. I would absolutely. Yeah. But there's only five teams beneath the 49ers. Wow. I uh, take it back. There's four teams. Two teams are tied. So Washington and Cleveland both are six and five. Yikes. So we're in Browns territory right now. That's kind of ugly. That's the Vegas. We're in Browns territory, which that is just hurt my which soul. Which is how I know that it's wrong. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, and the four teams that are below, and, and they're, they're only six and five and a half. Uh-huh. So, so five Tennessee, and a half is the lowest. Tampa Bay, Oakland. Jacksonville. Jackson. Oh, how, could, how could I forget Jacksonville? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's wow. Brutal. Who's who's uh, just above six and a half? So there's a tier of just one team with seven. That's Chicago. Mm-hmm. Then there's two teams at seven and a half, which is New York Jets and Minnesota. So we actually play those. Te- we play Cleveland. Yeah. We play Chicago. We play Minnesota week one. Wow. So Vegas thinks we're on par with those teams. Um, okay. And there's a huge group of teams at eight and a half. And then you've got Seattle and Green Bay tied alone with 11 wins 11. over under at eh. the top. Yeah. Then you got New England, Indianapolis, and Denver at 
All right, all right. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot this weekend. So and it's yeah. just it's just you know game one of the exhibition season. But I feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week. I'm gonna be very excited. We are. We to, might not be able to fit a guest in next week because yeah. there's actual football to talk about. Might we're gonna just have a break lot to it break down. down. I like uh, it. But we do need to continue talking about uh, our division rivals. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Thanks for listening. Gold Faithful 49ers Radio Show. I am Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. This is Nick Winkler. That's me. I'm Nick Winkler. This is Nick right here at Bay Area Wink. Hey, there we go. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya.